1: So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. Brothers and sisters, our God desires to have an intimate relationship with you and me. That's one of the reasons why Jesus went to Calvary's tree to pay sin's debt in full for you and me, so that we can have the opportunity to have an intimate relationship with the God who saved you and me. But although that opportunity is there, most Christians seem like they don't even care, they don't even try to have and enjoy the intimate relationship with God that he wants them to do. And the few who do, don't know how to. Brothers and sisters, there are proven pathways we can take to increase the intimacy of the relationship that we have with God. All of us should want to know what those pathways are so that we can do what we need to do to increase our intimacy with our God like he wants us to do. That way, we can benefit even more than we already do from the relationship that we have with the God who loves me and you. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Amen. 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 Come on, get two, three, four, four, five around you. And tell them to have an ear to hear what the Lord's going to say. I'm telling you, you're about to get blessed up in here, up in here. Up in here, up in here. If you got your Bible, I invite you to turn to James chapter 4. Let's get ready to hear a little bit of word before we walk out this door. Praise God. Because there's some things that God needs you to understand so that you can let him do what it is that he wants to with every woman and man that's in there. We're going to James chapter 4. We've got an invitation from God that's been extended to us by God to draw near to him. We have an invitation from God that's been extended to us by God to draw near to him. Twenty-one and two, of course, is your year of increased intimacy between God and you. And we want to be sons of God, just like Jesus is son of God. That's what He's inviting us to do: is become sons just like Jesus is, not just sons, and be satisfied with that. We want to be sons like Jesus is. We already found out in John chapter three, praise God, Matthew, excuse me, chapter three, and that's that Jesus was a dear son, close son, not a remote son like many of us used to be. Uh, but but we've been accepting that invitation to draw near to him, and he's been drawing near to you and me. That's what he said he would do in John James chapter 4, verse 7. It reads, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Of course, the devil is the one that's going to try to make sure that you never step into the presence of God, get close to God, and do what it is that God wants you to do. The devil is the opposer that's trying to block you and stop you from receiving what God has for you from stopping you, from being able to accept what it is that God is extending to you, opportunities that it is he's extending to you, opportunities that it is that he's opened doors for you, and things that it is that he planned for you even before the foundations of the earth. But God is telling you, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to me, and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. God's inviting us to draw nigh to him. Why? So he could draw nigh to us. Why? Because there's many things he wants to tell us. We already learned in Jeremiah chapter 33 that God invites us to call unto him. He said, call unto me, and I will show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not of. We found out that when he says show them to us, he's going to expose them to us. He's going he's to declare them to us. He's going to predict them for us. He's going to explain them to us. And he's going to show us mighty things that we didn't know nothing about, hidden things that was not hidden from us before us, things that it is he wants us to be able to enjoy as well as do. The Amplified version we found out says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which ye did not know. Do, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. But God wants to show you things that you don't understand. The message version of that same passage told us, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that, that you could never figure out on your own. Well, God wants to show you some stuff that you would never be able to figure out on your own. Last time we got together, we began to start finding out what some of that stuff is. One of those things is that God wants to show you is your purpose of why it is that he put you here on this earth and what it is he wants you to do. It's one of the reasons why he's inviting you to draw near to him because he wants to talk to you about who you are. He wants to talk to you about what it is he placed you here to do. He wants to talk to you about the things that it is that you presently do, whether they're in line with what it is that he planned for you so that you won't waste any more time but line up with the will of the divine and step into what it is he has in store for you. God's inviting you to draw near. We found out last time we got together, praise God, that we who are intimate sons, we need to learn to take advantage of our increased intimacy with God and the advantages that it is that it provides us by calling us to be able to come close to him so he can show us some stuff that nobody else can. We found out, praise God, that we're delivered from Satan's grasp, so that we can do the will of God for our lives. We found out that we are God's workmanship, his product. We his BMW. We his we blessed man walking. Praise God. We 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 his bins, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And we found out we're also his fabric. That God wears us like a fabric and he and that fabric is supposed to represent the, the, the family that it comes from. And God wants us to represent his family like it is he desires to. And one of the things that he called us to do was good works. We found out that we were created to do good works. In fact, we were foreordained to do good works. We were fit up in advance to be able to do what it is that God wants us to do. We found out, praise God, that God called us out to be a peculiar people, shed his own blood for me and you, in order to be a peculiar people, a people beyond usual, a special people, who would be able to be zealous to do the good works that God has us to do. We found out one of the synonyms for zealous is, is, is enthusiastic, that we learn to be enthusiastic about the will of God for our lives and doing what it is that God wants us to do in our lives. And that's full of, of, of enthusiasm, characterized by enthusiasm, ardent and lively, and earnest to do whatever God tells me and you to do, eager to do it, fervent to do it, excited to do it. Why? Because that's what God wants us to do. And we found out everything in our life is supposed to line up with that. I said everything in our life is supposed to line up with that. That includes our schooling, our training, and our prayer life. Because we found out that the things that it is that we're studying to do, and the things that it is that we study to do don't line up with what God has in store for you. You don't waste your time. But thank God we don't have to waste no more time. Because God is inviting us. Come on, draw near. Because there's some things I want to show you. Turn to Revelation chapter 4. Let's look at one of the things he wants to show you. Revelations chapter 4. I love the Lord. Y'all love the Lord? We got something in common. Praise God. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. We'll start reading at verse 1. John, the revelator. Praise God. <laughs> he said, after this, I looked. And behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it was a trumpet talking with me which said, come up hither. Every time you draw closer to God, you're actually coming up hither. Praise God. You're going up higher, higher from where you were before. The vantage points that you didn't have before. The things to be able to see, things that you can only see through that open door that he opens for you. If you come up higher and step through. He said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit. Because we learned last time, you'll never see it in the flesh. You got to get into the spirit. You'll never see it into the flesh. Because the flesh is where all your feeling is. The flesh is where all your pride is. The flesh is where everything is that's going to hinder you from being able to receive what God has in store for you. And immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. And one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And then there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight, like unto an emerald. And round about the throne, there were four and twenty seats. Upon the seats, I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystals. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne, there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the four beasts were like a lion and the second beast like a calf and the third beast like a face as a man and the fourth beast like a flying eagle. Wish I had time to break those down for you. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying, holy, holy, holy Lord, God almighty which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat upon the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and 20 elders fall down before him and uh, that sat on the thrones and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their, and their crowns before the throne, saying, thou art worthy, O Lord. The word worthy basically means worth it. Praise God. Thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. And then they begin to explain one of the reasons why. For thou has created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. I like that. Because he didn't just say for thy pleasure they were created. Because he said they still are. You were created for God's pleasure, and you still are. You were created for God's pleasure, and you still are. Regardless of whether or not you, it, 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 that pleasure thing is going on right now, it's irrelevant. You're still called for God's pleasure. We learned last time, praise God, that that word pleasure is talking about compliance, That means everything that's created is created to comply with God's will. To comply with God's will. To be able to mold itself, shape itself, and and, and adhere itself to God's will. That's including you. You're created by God to mold yourself, shape yourself, to adhere yourself to God's will. That if you weren't doing it before, that once you find out about it, then you'll stop what you was doing before and be willing to do what God said did. That once you find out what it is that God has in store for you, then everything's about that from that point forward to begin to start moving forward to do what God said do. Was you willing to drop everything for the thing that it is that God shows you? Because everything was created for his pleasure. That's his pleasure, not ours. That doesn't mean you're not going to enjoy yourself, but it's his pleasure, not ours. First things first. It's his pleasure. That's his pleasure, not somebody else's because a lot of us are literally pleasuring others with our lives. Everybody else but God. You've had, you, you, you wouldn't even know how many folk never really get a chance to even be themselves because they're so busy still trying to live up to other people's images and expectations. And none of that is what God had planned. I said none of that is what God had planned. See, we've been called for, to, you know, for God's pleasure. Another one of the words that the word pleasure means is determination. We're called to God's, for God's determination. The word determination means the act or instance of fixing or setting the quality, limit, position, et cetera, et cetera, or something. It's the act or instance of fixing or setting the quality, limit, position, etc etc or something. See, when God made you, he set and fixed your quality. When God made you, he set and fixed your quality. You were created by God to be high quality. Ain't not there one of y'all up in here no junk. Every one of you is high quality. Why? Because there's a high purpose on your life. You were created by God for with high quality. You were created of the highest quality. You were not just created high quality, you were made of the quality, you were created of the highest quality. In fact, God made you from Himself. God just didn't use Himself as the model, He used Himself as the material to be able to make you. Because you were created from His out of his image and his likeness. And then after he molded you a body, something that you could be able to utilize on this earth, he breathed into you his spirit. So the real you is from the breath of God. God used himself as the material. He didn't do that with no monkey. That's why don't you let no, no revelation nobody tell you that you came from apes. Next time they say that you came from apes, tell them your mama came from apes. Praise God. <laughs> See, if they smile about it, blessed be the name of the Lord. If they get all attitude about it. ask them, well, what's the problem? You told me I come from an ape. Your mama come from an ape. My daddy wasn't no ape. My daddy, God, praise God. Yours is too if you're born again. Now, we might be monkeying around a lot, but we ain't no ape, gibbon, or orangutan. (laughs) We were created of the highest quality. And since God is eternal, your quality is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, your quality never diminishes because God designed you to do a particular thing and to handle a particular thing. Since God created you for his pleasure then it's he who sets your limits. Since God is the one who created you for his pleasure, it's he who sets your limits. God gave you your dimensions. Come on, Trey. God gave you your dimensions. You've got divine dimensions. you got divine dimensions. Divine dimensions are dimensions that are established in relation to God, not the world. God, not the world. God's who sets your limits. Therefore, the only one who we need to check with or try to relate to in order to determine what we ought to do is God. That's because it's He who sets and fixes your limits. Especially, that word means purpose. The word pleasure means purpose. You were created for God's purpose. We were all created for God's purpose. So I always laugh when I hear people say, you know, I got a call on my life. Who don't? Everybody does. Pastor, I think I'm called. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Praise God? Because everybody called. There ain't a person in this room that don't have a call on their life. There's not a person in here that was not created for a purpose. Every one of you is a people of purpose. We were created for God's purpose. Therefore, we are the purpose to draw nigh to God in order to learn of and accomplish that purpose that we were created. I said we are the purpose to draw nigh to God in order to learn of and accomplish that purpose for which we were created. Because if you were created for a purpose, you need to know what that purpose is. Psalms number 100. Let's start to look a little bit at it. Praise God. Give you a little piece of word today. Praise God. I never mind taking a back seat to God. Praise God. Psalms 100. And even when I step up, it's still going to be Him. Praise God. Because I purpose that it won't be me. Psalms number 100. That's why I wait for Him to say the move. Praise God. Psalms number 100. We're going to start reading a Stanza number three. Let's do Stanza number two. Come on down. It says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. I'm a self made man. No, you ain't. No such thing. Praise God. Ain't no such thing. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Did you hear what he said? We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. See, each of us are made to be God's people and the sheep of his pasture. Nobody else's. Where well, every one of us is made to be God's people and the sheep and, and the sheep of his pasture. Nobody else's. See, God is a God of purpose. I love that about the Lord. He's a God of purpose. Because everything he does, he does on purpose. God does nothing for nothing. He does everything for a reason. And everything is always purpose related. Everything he does is purpose related. He does everything purposely. Everything he makes, he makes on purpose. You were not a mistake. You're here on purpose. Your peoples might not have intended you, but God did. They might not intended you, but God did because everything he makes, he makes on purpose. Everything he makes, he makes for a purpose. Everything he makes, he makes for a purpose. See, we're God's creation who were created for a purpose. Every one of us has a purpose. I'm walking out part of my purpose right here, right now. Praise God. It's just part of my purpose. Praise God. It's another phase that's on the way. Praise God. But it's just part of my purpose right now. Each of us should want to know and fulfill the purpose that God has for us and the purpose that God has made us for because we're not only created on purpose for a purpose, but we're created with a purpose, and we need to get about it, about it because we're a people of purpose. Therefore, we ought to purpose to draw near to God in order to learn of and accomplish the purpose that we were created for. That's what we ought to do. We ought to purpose to draw nigh to, draw nigh to God. It's one of the reasons why he's inviting you to draw near to him. Even that's on purpose. Why? So that you can run into your purpose. And each of us should purpose to do everything necessary to make it to and fulfill that purpose that God has for me and you. That once we find out that we we are people of purpose, then your purpose should then shift to begin to find out what that is. I ain't talking about that you got to do anything, but your mind ought to go toward that. You begin to start thinking that way. Come on, sir. You don't just jump into fifth gear. Yes. Yes, it's going to be some gears you're going to go through. Yes. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. you ain't got to be like all all in all, all automatically the way you see other people in. Right. Because the Bible say you comparing they comparing themselves among themselves they're not wise. Right. But God is going to be nudging on you. He's going to be dealing with you. He's going to be talking with each of you individually and begin to start drawing you a little closer. To your purpose. Step by step. Inch by inch. Closer to your purpose. See God calls us the sheep of his pasture. I like that. That's his pasture not ours. That's his pasture not nobody else's. Pasture is a place of provision. Pasture is a place where it is that we get a chance to be able to live and abide and reside and and stay where God wants us to stay. And many of us have set up pastures for ourselves. It's not the one that God's got planned. Many of us have set up pastures for ourselves. We got to roaming around and let somebody else follow, lead us to a pasture that's not the one that God's got planned for us. But I got good news. Your shepherd's about to lead you back to what he has in store for you. Take it from a brother that was going in the wrong direction, but heard the voice of the Lord. God will get you to what he has in store for you. He will make a correction and get you to what He has in store for you. Just having to hear what He's going to say to you. See, sheep are animals who need to be led to the green pastures and the places of provision that God has for them. Sheep are animals that need to be led. He said, "You are the sheep of My pasture," which means you need to be led. Otherwise, you'll never end up in the places that uh, were planned for you to be. You'll never end up in the places that God planned for you to be. That's why sheep need a shepherd. That's why sheep need a shepherd. that's why if you ever have an under-shepherd called a pastor, if you ever have an under-shepherd for a pastor, you better make sure they can hear from God. Because they will lead you in the direction they want you to go versus the direction that you ought to go if they don't have integrity. If they don't have integrity, they'll lead you in the direction that they want you to go to fulfill the will that God put on their life versus to help you fulfill the will that God put on your life. Oh, yes, it is. Because most folk will manipulate you, pimp you, and get you misdirected to do what it is they want you to do. But not up in here, not up in here, not up in here. Mm-mm. God got a will for me. God got a will for you. And you're going to get to what God has in store for you because that's my purpose on earth, to help you get to what God's got for you. Whether it's up in here or somewhere else, it's gonna you're going to get to where God's got for you. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that it's true, that our God really does want to have an intimate, personal relationship with me and you. I hope even more that you're becoming more inspired to do whatever needs to be done to take the pathways of increased intimacy with God that are there for me and you so that we can walk even closer with God than we already do. And enjoy that kind of life. That only happens when we're in the more intimate relationship with God that he wants to have with me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-7859-238. That's area code 210-7859-238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing Word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the Word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.